thank you guys so much for being here tonight. Um, before, before I really share, and so I always say share um, whenever I'm going to do this, and I have this rule with myself where if I get asked to speak, I say yes, and then I go, and <laughs> what did I say? but I'm not allowed to say no, and um, then I will sometimes try to weasel out of it, but I try not to say no. But I'm very noncommittal about it. I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to share. That way, it's like, if I say something a little bit wrong, like, well, I was just sharing. I wasn't teaching, and I wasn't preaching. I was just sharing. Um, so it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I'm very, like, just, I'm just sharing. Because uh, I struggle with, Lord, like, I can't tell anybody that's here anything that they don't already know. That's how I always feel when I, when I come up here to speak, and so that's why I call it sharing. So maybe you'll get something out of it. Um, let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for this evening, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for these people that are here right now. We thank you, Lord, that it, it's not by mistake. So I pray that you anoint this word that you've given me, Lord Jesus. Let it pierce our hearts. Let it take root. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Amen. All right, um, as I'm speaking, I did, I did eat wonton tacos before I came here, so I did spill on my shirt, so if you see something funny, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> no, when Cherish is talking about um, serving, I, it goes really hand-in-hand hand with what I'd like to share tonight. Um, it reminds me of the whole social media age has really um, just taken things to a new level with people, and uh, there's this whole phenomenon on the Internet right now called humble bragging. It's like, oh, that's a humble brag. Like, oh, my gosh, the flight to the Bahamas takes forever. <laughs> or like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do with all of my trophies. They're not fitting in my house anymore. Oh, my gosh, it's so frustrating. Like, right? Like, it's like a compliment, but, like, disguised and so humble. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, like, well, I'm trying to think of one that I actually saw that was so funny. Like, um, oh, my gosh, like, my bank account is just too full. I don't know how to spend all this money. Stuff like that. It's really funny. Um, but anyway, <laughs> what, what Cherish, uh, uh it makes me laugh so hard. I have a, I have a specific friend on uh, Facebook that does it a lot, and I just kind of roll my eyes. But um, thank you for being so awesome about the youth service. And anytime our youth get up, I was thinking back to when I became, when I took over, I guess, I don't know, when I became the worship leader here. It's been a long time, actually. I think I was just turning 19, and now I'm 28. So it's been... <laughs> And one t- the other day, somebody asked me how old I was, and I said, I'm 26, without thinking. And then I, they left, and I was like, oh, I lied. But I didn't mean to. Like, it was an accident, so I felt really bad, so I had to repent. I'm like, it's just not a habit yet. And then now I get how people forget how old they are. But, um, but anyway, I love that, that everybody's given the ch- Like, we're, we're giving young people a chance to sort of come into their own. And a lot of times it's hard when it, it's like, for me, I've been doing it so long that it becomes very second nature for me to take over. And so I have to remind myself, like, get them out there. And, and um, I really want to make sure, sh- like, I'm ready to take a back seat and, like, let somebody else shine a little bit. I heard somebody, well, not that I'm a great oak tree or something, but I heard somebody say that, like, when you remove the oak tree, then all the little saplings get light, too. So I'm like, that's what we're trying to do here. And I, I know uh, back when, I, when we lost our drummer, when I first became the worship leader, um, then Chris started playing drums, and we thought it was, like, temporary because it was rough. And I like, <laughs> no, I'm really, and, but my, me, I was too, and I'm really glad that we are in a church that knows how to pull together, and you know how to press, press in, and you know how to pull on the anointing to worship, because um, when it's rough like that, it's like, it doesn't matter what it sounds like, we're going to press in, and we're going to worship, it's like, they're not playing ignorant, it's not, they're not playing that song right, whatever, 
Um, and it's funny because then I was praying for like a drummer and, and I wasn't realizing what God was actually wanting to develop. And it's like, that's so cool. So the Lord's really allowing us to train our, these kids and youth. So we're happy that you're so supportive of that. And, and, and we can't just train them in secret and then we feel like they're ready, put them out there. They have to be put out there. That's the way ministry is, I believe so. Anyway, turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm sorry, Leroy, I am in the new King James Version. So, yeah, it's, yeah, chapter 9, <laughs> and uh, uh, verse 24 is where we're going to start. 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 24. Zeta's typing it out with her little thumbs on her Kindle. <laughs> okay, do you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now you can look back in my journal that my sister Julia gave me for Christmas and it says ridiculously good ideas. <laughs> so my journal says, you can look back on January 2nd of this year, that passage became my theme for the year. Um, I asked the Lord, what do you want to do in me this year? What do you, what do you want to do? Because I'm, I'm kind of, I felt really stagnant to be honest with you at the beginning of the year. And the Lord gave me this passage and I was like, are you going to make me run? <laughs> like, please don't. Like, I hate running so much. Um, but I look at these people that run these, like, mega marathons, and I don't know how or why in the world they do it. And I see these girls running, and I'm like, you go. I'm going to be in my car. But, but there's such a beautiful spiritual picture that comes when you watch long-distance runners. There's so much endurance. There's so much... Um, strength. And so the Lord was showing me that picture. And this became really my theme for the year that about self-discipline and endurance. And the last part of that passage, when it says, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I was like, disqualified? Like, was that? Well, I know what that means, but to me, it means like, that. You, what, what am I not going to go to heaven? Or like, what do I lose my salvation? But really salvation, justification, that's the free gift of Christ. But there is a crown, there's a prize for running the race with endurance, for, for long-suffering, for, for holding out to the end, for fighting the good fight. There is a prize to be won, and we are to run like we are going to obtain it. So that's the, the picture of the Lord's been showing me, and he gave me that, that phrase about being a champion of the faith. So, Lord, what does it mean to be a champion? You know, it's people with the medals. I think of the Olympics. Like, what does that mean? Well, to be a champion, it takes endurance, and it takes discipline. So for me personally, uh, discipline is my theme for the year. And uh, really, discipline to me can be broken up into three different areas. And it's instruction and correction from him and from the word. And then discipline and guidance from those in authority over me. And then self-discipline. And that's the hardest one, if you ask me. So, um, discipline, correction, instruction. If you read Proverbs pretty obvious. We are to love instruction. And I'll just, I have so many like with Proverbs. I love Proverbs. It makes me feel really bad about myself, but then like really good about myself too. So <laughs> there's a lot of like, lots of wisdom, ladies. Read Proverbs. So Proverbs 12, 1. And this is the, um, the big word that you're not allowed to say for first graders. Uh, he who hates correction is stupid. If you hear the word stupid, first graders are like, stupid. He's 
Like, that's like the no-no word. I'm like, you guys, okay, fine, I won't say stupid. But he who hates correction is stupid. Proverbs 3.11, do not despise the chastening of the Lord discipline, nor detest his correction. Proverbs 10.17, and I'm just rattling these off. He who refuses correction will go astray. Proverbs 13.18, he who regards the rebuke will be honored. Proverbs 22.15, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, and I love this. Didn't when I was a kid, but I love it now. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. So if you do not believe in consistent, loving spanking of your children, just read Proverbs. Um, hated it when I was a kid. Like it now. Um, but 2 Timothy 3.16, if you could actually turn to 2 Timothy 3.16. I heard somebody say, I said this to the youth the other day. There's an old song from like when I was really like a, teen, a tween, I guess when I was like 11, 12, and it was um, by a weird band, Christian band called Burlap to Cashmere, which I love the name, Burlap to Cashmere, and the beginning of the song was basic, it was about, it was called Bible, I think it was basic instruction before leaving earth, and I was like, did they come up with that all by themselves? I love that. But anyway, that's what 2 Timothy 3.16, this is what it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So right there, scripture is profitable for correction and instruction in righteousness, so that we are equipped. If we don't heed the instruction in this word, we are not equipped for ministry. We are disqualified. Okay, so then I was like, okay, God, how do you develop endurance? Because I know if I try to run, I have none, <laughs> okay? Like none. I feel I just like I want a donut the whole time. But... um. <laughs> Spiritual endurance. First, we, I'm just being really honest. I hate running so much. Um, but I want to run the race spiritually. Um, and if I have to physically run, I guess I will. I just need new, I need more Nike stuff, okay? I need to be outfitted. No. <laughs> so it says we must first be submitted to God. And we, we, we ha- to be submitted to him, we have to make ourselves available to him for correction. We ha- what is in me, Lord, examine my heart. What is in me that's not... That's not right. And a lot of times when we're walking away from him or we're like, the, you know, where the path is here and we're like, but I kind of want to do this thing over here. I kind of want to walk over here. We won't actually want to ma- present ourselves to the Lord because we know that we know that that's not a good place for us. So we start pushing away because we don't want to be corrected. That's where that becomes foolishness and it will ab- completely abort your destiny. Um, so we must be willing to receive and heed correction and instruction. And then we have to be submitted to those that are in authority over us in the Lord. So if a person that's over us in the Lord, and I think we all know really who those people are in our lives, um, if they correct us, we have to be like, yes. Like we can't, I, I know it's hard to not get offended sometimes. Um, I've, you'd have to make yourself available to those people. Gentle guidance and instruction are just vital. And I remember as a child, my parents were so good at um, communicating that discipline was because they loved us. Like my dad would tell us, even when we were little, that I have to answer to God for how I raised you. And if I let you do whatever you want, then I, I'm, I'm responsible for that. So I'm not going to take that in the, you know, in the judgment because you want to like have a party or whatever. So I remember when I, or, uh, I remember being young and thinking like, okay, I don't want to be a brat. Like, I don't want to be rebellious. I had this very deep fear of walking in rebellion because I knew at a very young age the scripture that says rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft. 
And I was like, I don't want to be a witch. I remember thinking that when I was really little. <laughs> like, I wasn't thinking that. But um, I didn't want to be rebellious. And I think that's, that is the right heart to have before the Lord. We can make all kinds of mistakes. But when we have a heart to walk with the Lord and we have a heart to be submitted to him and we know we don't want to walk in rebellion, because that is a very scary place. You are out from the covering. You are out on your own. Uh, it's like no shelter when you choose to walk in rebellion. So I had that really good revelation when I was little about um, why I was being disciplined. And I know that I was probably a rough kid to deal with because I'm raising me now. So <laughs> it's total payback. But um, I remember, like, I had that revelation so, so strong in my spirit, even at a young age that I was sitting, I remember the day uh, I was sitting at the lunch table and this one girl's all, my parents never spank me. We were like eight. And she was all, well, they don't love you. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> but I mean, it was that strong of a revelation in my heart. My parents just really, really explained that well. And so the other, actually not too long ago, I just shared this with Cherish the other day. I was, some days I know Felicia and I have talked about this too. Like when you get to the end of the day, when you're a parent of a toddler, you feel like all you did was, <laughs> was like harp on them. Like all you did was trying to stay on top of them. And some days you're like, they don't even like me. Like, no mommy. I mean, all it, like just constant discipline. And with the end, so I was feeling kind of beat up because, like, this kid is run, like running me around right now, and the Lord showed me this beautiful picture of bumper bowling, and I was like, bumper bowling, and I saw it in my head, and I, I was thinking that lane, those bumpers are there to keep that ball on the path. When it bumps into the other bumper, and it bu- it eventually hits the mark, and disciplines like those bumpers. And so that, that, that's what keeps that ball on course. And I saw the, the Lord showed me that I'm the bumper, right? So when the ball bumps into the bumper, it doesn't just, like, deflate it and it dies and the ball has won. It's like that you just bounce back. You know, nope, nope. And so it's like no matter how this much, my, some days my kid's like this, some days not so much. But the Lord showed me it's like that bumper, that gentle, firm discipline, consistent daily discipline. That's what keeps that ball on the course and so the lord that on you know on on target and so that's the picture the lord showed me so i realized that correction and discipline the one the, the ones we have to give as parents and the ones we have to receive from those in authority over us and from the lord it is life-giving instruction is life-giving and if you read all through the new testament paul is instructing those early churches he's in love correcting those people because it's like not because oh you're doing the wrong thing and I want to correct you it's because my heart is so for you to walk with God that it is it breaks my heart to see you afar off and it's like when we have that in our heart when those over us are are speaking correction to us it's easy to to heed that instruction because we know the heart that's behind it so correction it draws us closer to God it really does it keeps us on that path just like that ball with the bumpers because um, if I bowl, it's on in the gutter every time. And then my wrists really hurt, too. I hate bowling. Anything athletic, generally, I'm not good at. Anyway, I want to be some, I want to be good so bad, but I'm just not. Okay, so the next step after that, when we're submitted to God and we're submitted to those in authority over us, is self-discipline. That's the one I think is most difficult. So running with endurance and running that race, it can only be through the strength uh, of the Holy Spirit. And so strength comes through communion with the Holy Spirit. That's how do we get strength? We have to be in communion daily, often, always, communion with the Holy Spirit. That's where we get strength to have endurance because um, sometimes it takes us doing things. Like my dad always says, like, everyone's like, oh, come walk with Jesus. It's so great. He's like, it'll cost you everything. (laughs) 
yay, (laughs) but it will. I mean, we take up our cross, we deny ourselves. That is what it takes. And that's not always a fun thing to hear, but it's so worth it. So turn um, uh, with me to Psalm 24. I love the Psalm, Psalm 24. It's greater communion with the Holy Spirit. It means separation unto himself, separation, sanctification, consecration. Those, that's what that means. So Psalm 24, 3 through 6, we're going to start at verse 3. It says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. So when we, if we want to know the Lord, if we want to be close to him and have that daily communion where we're abiding with him, it takes clean hands and a pure heart. And I don't know about you, but we have to wash our hands. We have to. We have to cleanse ourselves. If you look back through the Old Testament, I believe it's in Joshua, he says to, to sanctify yourselves. There's an instruction there. It's not wait to be, okay, sanctify me. No, we sanctify ourselves. And there's a pattern of self-denial that we do have to establish. So... I come to 1 Corinthians 6.12. It says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And for Leroy, the King James Version says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. And I feel like that actually says it better. And for those of you that aren't fans of King James, it is easier to memorize. And it does change. Other versions do water down the meaning of the words because... Um, all things are not helpful and expedient mean different things. Like, I mean, helpful is kind of a synonym, but expedient means more than that. Um, it's, it's going, is it going to expedite the process of your life? Because not everything, we, we are not under the law. There's things that are lawful for us. But does it expedite the process? Does it expedite your destiny? Does it expedite how much you know of the Lord? Does it expedite your closeness to him? And a lot of times it hinders it. And see, a lot of times we want to reason out and we want to walk as close as possible. My mom said my mouth is dry, huh? Did she? She always says that. She didn't say it. There's two things I always hear her say, that my mouth is dry and that I need lipstick. That's what I always hear in your head. <laughs> you need that lipstick on. But um, if you look back, the, the ki- like even the King James Version of... Um, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. And we use that in weddings a lot. Like, oh, love, are you really being lo- Love is patient. It, but the King James says charity is patient. Charity is kind. That means something different. That's more than just like a romantic love or even like, a lo- like oh, I love you. No, that's like charity is, is our love for people. Like, and, and charity and goodwill and, and benevolence, all that stuff. That charity, it means something different. So anyway, back to, back to the point. I do love King James too, but... Not all things are expedient. So um, my own personal thing that the Lord's been walking me through is I, and I'm not trying to be legalistic about anything, but I just know what the Lord's done in me the last few weeks where I feel like it's actually bubbling up over and I'm like, I can't, I don't even know if I can say it correctly because it's like, I just have so much in my spirit right now. And more than I probably have all last year, to be honest with you, just in these last few months. And um. Me and Julia were actually talking about it, and we were talking about giving up secular music. It's not something Julia feels a draw to at all, so it's not, it's not hard for her 
to not have it on at all. For me, I like to reason it out, and I'm like, well, I'm a music teacher, so I need to like stay relevant, and but I really like it, and I don't feel like it's bad, and it's it's not, and it's a lot. I mean, there is some that's all out bad, and I will tell you, do not listen to it. There is a spirit behind it, but there's some, and I'm like, it's just Taylor Swift, <laughs> like I just like it, and um, the Lord really, <laughs> right, and. And I won't, but there's a spirit behind it. And it's like, you have to examine what it draws out of you. For me, there's certain types of music that make me feel very restless and very discontent. Um, and I like creative song, songwritery folk music type stuff. Weird stuff. My uh, students say they're like, you like this weird music. Um, but I like all that stuff. And I will not say that the Lord told me, oh, that I now I'm convicted to not listen to it. No, I, I actually chose it myself. And I said, okay, I'm going to choose. I'm going to challenge myself and discipline myself to cut it all out and see what God does. Took it all off my iPad. And I'm not saying this because, like, oh, I'm so great because I'm not. Um, you probably already have done this anyway. I just, I don't have it on anything anymore. And in the car, it's either silence or it's worship. And I, I will be honest with you. I miss it sometimes. I like certain types of music, and it was not a fun decision. But I was like, okay, how close do I want to walk with the Lord? And there's been so many promises for me to write songs and to hear the sound of heaven and all these things. And I'm like, okay, but I'm clouding up my mind constantly with noise. So I need to cut it out. And it's a discipline. It was a choice. Because it's not that it's not lawful for me. It's that it's not expedient. It's that it's, it's not helping me. We've personally, Chris and I made the decision to not have alcohol in our household ever at all. And I'm not telling, like, whatever, we can chalk it up to conviction or whatever. But, yeah, I, I, we always say, like, maybe nothing bad will happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything good will happen. You know what I mean? That's our own, that's, and that is a conviction I do feel from the Holy Spirit. But there's choices that we can make to say, I, this is how, how close I want to walk with God. And this is, this is where self-discipline comes in. It's not easy to deny ourselves. Um, I also had a really horrifying dream the other night where I got up in youth to preach. And I say preach because I was supposed to, and I never say preach. And he's like, Rachel's going to come through the word. I started giving the plot of a television show. I'm dead serious. It was once upon a time. I started talking, right? I started talking, and I was like, Whoa, and it's like I couldn't stop the word vomit coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, what am I? And I knew, I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? And I, this is like, this is a horrifying story to tell you. And I woke up so troubled, and I realized like, okay, I'm just, I'm watching way too much TV. But that was horrifying to me. I was like, and that's where I'm not going to, uh, okay, I'm cutting out some TV, but I'm spending way too much time watching it. But that, that was like a very troubling dream for me. So anyway. It's not that it's not lawful. It's not expedient for me. And I believe that God is calling his people to a new level of separation unto him. And we are to sanctify ourselves and be consecrated unto him. It takes separation. It does. It takes self-denial and it takes discipline to spend time with the Lord, to be in communion with him, to receive correction from the Holy Spirit, to receive correction from those in authority over us. But you know what? Our destiny is at stake. That crown is at stake. And we are going to run with endurance toward the mark of the high calling. That's what the word says. There's a high calling. And it's 1 Corinthians 7, 1. It says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and the fear of the Lord. Cleanse ourselves. There's an instruction in that. We cleanse ourselves. We don't wait necessarily for every, oh, well, I feel convicted. Conviction is different. That's where this is a sin before the Lord. 
but but it's not expedient. Maybe it's not that there's a there's like oh this is I'm going to sin if I do this. It's that it's not helping me. It's not helping me walk through. And I don't mean to be like all heavy right now. Like, um, but but when we when we um, present ourselves to the Lord for Him to correct us, godly sorrow produces repentance. And so when we have that, oh Lord, I'm I don't want to I don't want to be far off. I, and that's been the cry of my heart this year. I want to be disciplined to just walk closely with Him. Because when we walk in the spirit, we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I heard somebody say at a, at a girls' retreat, actually, that scripture that says many are called but few are chosen. And she said, it's not that you're not called and you are or whatever. It's that very few present themselves to be chosen. And so that's the cry of my heart for this generation and for these young people. It's like, Lord, choose us. We're here. We will separate ourselves. We will, we will cut off ties if we need to, but we're going to walk closely with you because we know that there's a crown at stake. There, there, there is more at stake. Our destiny relies on how closely we walk with the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to sit afar off and just watch what God is doing. I want to be a participant. And it takes discipline. And uh, um, uh, First Corinthians, this is... Uh, my second, well, no, it's my, like, fourth to last scripture. First Corinthians 11.31. My dad actually gave me this. I showed him my outline. I was like, what do you think? And he added this. <laughs> For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So when we will examine and judge ourselves, we put in ourselves in the position to not have to be judged. That's awesome. And it's like, cut, cut that stuff out. Because if we're to look more like him, we can't do both. We can't fulfill the lust of the flesh and walk in the spirit. So, um communion with the Lord, it takes discipline, and it does sometimes take sacrifice. Not everything's about conviction. Sometimes, like, if you go back and read about Samson and that Nazarite vow, sanctification, separation, that was chosen for him. He didn't even, he didn't feel conviction to choose it. His parents chose it for him, and I, and I just really pray that this next generation, that we'll choose that for our children. We'll choose it for ourselves, that, Lord, we're your vessel. We will separate ourselves unto you, and uh, Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore we also, since we are so uh, surrounded by... I did not, like, ever copy this correctly. I like to type. I don't cut and paste. I type out the scripture, even though it takes me a really long time because I try to memorize it. You don't want to type it out right. Oh, so I won't do that to you. But Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews 12.1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So as we daily seek him, we must consider that joy, the eternity that's set before us. We have to be more eternally minded. We must be separated unto him, because as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And communion with him, it also, it means revelation. And then, we, and then when revelation comes, that's when we have the anointing to preach the gospel. If you look in Acts at a guy named Apollos, I learned something about Apollos because Apollos was an associate or disciple of John the Baptist. And all he was preaching was repent, repent, 
repent. He had this revelation about what it meant to repent. He knew that you needed to, and he knew that he needed to preach it. And Christ had, had come, been crucified. The work was finished, and he was repent, repent, repent. And then like Priscilla and Aquila, I think, found him, and they're like, look, homie, there's more to the story now. And he's like, okay. And he like let himself be taught. And then he's, okay, more revelation, more revelation, more revelation. And then anointing, and then that breaks the yoke of bondage. And that, if you want revelation, you have to have communion. So I I learned something about Apollos because you don't have to wait till you have this whole thing memorized. You don't have to wait until you know uh, scripture inside and out. When you have a revelation from the Holy Spirit, you can preach the gospel. And it's amazing because one revelation will go further than years of head knowledge. One revelation uh, preached with anointing will go so much farther than all of, let me give you, you know, three points and a close or whatever. And all this knowledge that I learned, uh, you know, in, in wherever But this is revelation from the Holy Spirit. That's what breaks the yoke of bondage. So I just want to encourage you tonight. As 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. And 2 Timothy 4.7, I pray that this is what we can say at the end of our lives. That I have fought the good fight. I finished the race and I've kept the faith. So I just pray tonight that you're encouraged and that you are a challenge to run that race with endurance. Even if you're like me and you hate running and you hate getting up early in the morning or whatever, whatever it means, you, you hate giving up some stuff, it doesn't matter because that high calling is worth it. That revelation, that communion with the Holy Spirit is so worth it. And the Lord is just calling us to a new level of separation unto him where we're, we're looking less and less like the world And that's so amazing because it means we look more and more like him.